It's great to be with you this morning. I will just call out, uh, it was a bit more obvious in the morning service, but I brought a special friend uh, to help me preach this morning who is currently hiding behind the big TV. And if he comes out and pops his head out with his eight legs, uh, don't worry about it. We're aware of it. We're safe. I'll, I'll, I'll stay on this side of the uh, stage uh, this morning. Uh, but we should be fine. But just in case he does pop his head out, it's all right. I know he's there. Um, my name's uh, Nick Van Ruth. I'm the, uh, another pastor here at Hills Baptist, and it's great to be uh, worshipping with you and um, sharing God's Word with you and uh, being with you. Over, um, uh, over the last uh, few weeks, we've been uh, doing this uh, Renew series, looking at um, kind of setting the year off, uh, looking to be renewed in our identity uh, in Jesus, and, and looking specifically along our growth tracks, renewing our sense of belonging, renewing our belief, renewing um, our becoming, our spiritual growth, and uh, renewing uh, our building, being part of God's kingdom. Uh, a few weeks ago, in a, in a previous series in the evening, we were looking at um, Psalm 13 and, and wrestling with some big questions uh, with God, and uh, it was a great sermon um, by Leona from Verdun. But one of the things we did after that is we took the opportunity to write down some of the questions we were struggling. This was in the, some of the young adults in the evening congregation. I, th- I thought I'd actually share some of these, these questions that um, people within our community are, are wrestling with, are working through. So the first one is, why does the promise abundant life feel so far away? Hey God, why the gap? Another asked, is this it? Do we just believe as much as we can? And despite not being uh, blessed with a empowering assurance, uh, we, we then die. I'm not a heaven person, but am I supposed to hang out for heaven? If Jesus is enough, I would have thought Jesus would be enough now. If God is relational and longs to be in relationship with us, why does it often feel like I can't hear him speak or see him move? Why is his voice so easy to hear in some seasons and so hard in others? Why does it feel like we have to be whole and perfect at church? Shouldn't we be broken in community together? And why do we keep seeing good Christian leaders fail? Why is there so many in the church who are spiritually immature? Now, these are are questions of identity, questions of uh, connection with God, questions about who we are and who we are becoming. And that's what I want to look at today. We're going uh, preaching on that third question. a growth track topic in our series of renew, of becoming, knowing that we belong to the people of God and believing that Jesus is our Savior and our King, uh, how do we become who God would have us become? How do we grow spiritually? And uh, I want to approach this um, by referring to a couple of passages in Ephesians and, and John. And we're going to start um, by looking at Ephesians, thinking about why do we grow Then flick over to John, how do we grow? And a few more thoughts after that. So if you have a Bible, open up um, 
open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 11 to 16. And I want to read this uh, passage together and reflect on that question of why should we grow? Why, why should we even be concerned about growing spiritually anyway? Can't we be content with where we're at? It's a good question. So as we read this, I want to make a few observations. And I'll, I'll categorize them in a way I hope will be easy to remember afterwards. So let's read this together. Ephesians 4, uh, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blowing here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the first reason, why, uh, why should we grow spiritually? The reason is because we belong to God. We belong to God. We are part of God's family. No longer are we children of the world separated from him. He's invited us and drawn us into himself so that we become the very children of God. And as a church, we are a community. We belong to each other. We belong uh, to each other and to the God who saved us. And so why does God give us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? You know, to equip the church, and we'll, we'll talk about that later, but so that, so that uh, the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. We grow because we belong to God, so that we can reflect God and Jesus. And putting it in a different way, we grow together so that we could know and love and serve and reflect Jesus, the one who saved us. Ephesians 5 Verse 1, just a little bit later, Paul says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. God loved us. God saves us. And so as his children, we follow Jesus' example. We grow to know Jesus better, to love Jesus more, to serve him more, and to reflect him in the world we live in. We grow because we belong to God. Second, we grow because we believe. We grow because we believe. We don't want to be swept away by all kinds of false teaching and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people uh, in their deceitful scheming. We, want, we don't want to be swept away by what the world has to promise us, which are fleeting promises that will never deliver we grow because we want to follow Jesus and we want to obey Jesus. We want to listen to what he says and put into practice because 
uh, we would become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, Christ. We, w- we want to be his body and recognize who is the head, who's in charge, who is the authority over this church, who's the authority over my life. Now, we heard last week on belief. Belief is not just an intellectual exercise, knowing the right information, but it's actually... if. It, If we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on a cross to save us from our sins, then we'll do something about that. We'll do something. And we don't just believe that Jesus is our Savior. He absolutely is. But we believe that Jesus is our King. He's the head of the church. And as our King, we want to grow so that we could could obey Him and honor Him as the King of all things. So not being swept away, not being uh, pulled away from Him, not compromising, not being complacent. We grow so that we can obey the head of the church, that we can obey King Jesus. Because we believe that truly He is the King of all things. And finally, we grow so that we can build. We belong, we believe, so that we can build. And more on this next week as we cover that in uh, our Growth Track Renew series. But uh, have a look again at verse uh, 11 and 12. All these roles, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, they're given to the church to equip his people for the works of service uh, or the works of ministry. And, And a great question to ask is, who is the minister of Hills Baptist? Who's the minister of Hills Baptist? It's a word thrown around in more in different church circles, but who's the minister Many might think, oh, it's, it's obviously Mark Sanders, a senior pastor. He's the minister of our community. You might think, oh, no, Nick's a minister as well. He does a few things. And others might think, no, no, actually, it's Anne who does everything behind the scenes in the office. It's absolutely true. We love Anne. Um, but the answer, who is the minister of Hills Baptist, is all of us. Is you. Who does the work of ministry in, in our church is all of us. We're all uh, involved in serving uh, the church, in serving each other, in serving the world that we've been put in. And so we grow so that we can be part of what God is doing in the world. Take a moment to reflect on the imagery and analogy that Paul uses to speak of the church. He calls it the body of Christ. Do we realize that we are the hands of and feet of Jesus. That God is working in this world through you, through all of us, through the people of his church. And so we grow so that we can be effective in God's mission, so we can be effective hands and feet of Jesus. So we grow because we belong to God, and as a child of God, we want to reflect God, know Him, serve Him, love Him, reflect Him. We grow because we believe He truly is the King of kings, and we want to serve Him and obey Him. We grow because we want to be effective at building God's kingdom. So that's why we grow. How do we grow? How does spiritual growth come about? How do we do it? This, for this, we're going to turn to John 15. So if you could Bible, flip, flip back to John chapter 15. Verse 1 to 8, it'll be on the screen again. 
And Jesus, Jesus speaking, he says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, to God's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be a disciple. So this passage reveals to us the secret of spiritual growth. How can we grow ourselves? How can uh, we build some fruit to uh, be a blessing to the world around us? How do we make ourselves grow spiritually? And the answer is, are you ready for it? We can't. We can't apart from Jesus. Jesus says he's the true vine. And this is an analogy I think we all get. We don't need a degree in biology to realize that a branch separated from a vine or a tree will not grow by itself. There's no uh, nutrients. There's no sustenance that is being supplied to it. It will wither away and, and die. It, it can't grow apart from the vine. And the same for Christians. For Christians and followers of Jesus, we can't grow apart from Jesus. Yet so often uh, Christians try to, to do that, to, to grow and invest in themselves so that we can grow and, and just try really hard and try all these practices where, you know, if I, if I read the Bible and, and, you know, read four chapters in the morning and do all this and I'll tick off that box every day. If I do that, then I will grow. Or if I try really hard uh, to pray with really uh, colorful language and use all these spiritual analogies, if I try and, and do that, then I will grow. Or if I uh, try to be a really good person and always say nice things to people and, and never do anything bad, and if I try to be a good person, then I will grow. And the reality of, of trying in and of ourselves is that, I don't know about you, but I just find it doesn't work. Actually, I know it doesn't work. We, we try and we try and we, we try, but yet we keep falling short. We find ourselves frustrated and we're still parts of our, our, our person and character that still are broken and we do things we don't want to do. We, we don't do the things we, we know we should do. And even though we're trying so hard, but the secret to spiritual growth, to growing, is it's not about what we do and how hard we try. It's about dwelling with Jesus. It's about remaining in Jesus, being connected to the vine. Jesus is the one who grows us, the one who produces fruit in us. And that's why, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, that's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of our works. Even though it's 
it's stuff that's worked out and done, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the Spirit, Jesus' Spirit, who grows that in us. The, spirit, the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That work, that transformation, that change is the work of Jesus, not us. And that's what, that's what being Christian is all about. It's about a remaining in Jesus. It's about dwelling with him. It's about going and sitting at his feet and being a disciple of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus. Christian, the word Christian literally means Christ person. It's someone who follows Jesus. And, um, and the word disciple, we throw this word a lot. Uh, you know, we're all disciples of Jesus. We're discipling each other. We're discipling after Jesus. And I think the church has kind of conv- confused that language a bit and made it overly spiritual. And, and, and we kind of assume that oh, in order to be a disciple or to, if we really want to disciple ourselves well or disciple someone, we need to put on some great worship music with a really banging band and, and create a, a really powerful atmosphere. And, and you know, if, if lots of people are sticking their hands out, that is a great discipleship moment. That's discipling. Or we think, oh, no, no, we need a preacher who's just really, you know, really loud and dynamic and engaging and, and cutting and he convicts and challenges and, um, you know, preaches a really powerful sermon. If we, if we just listen to, to that, then that's being discipled. Or, or, like, very, very common in churches, in order to be discipled, we need to go away on a camp. We need to go away, do a conference, do a camp, get away from the world, play some fun games, listen to some teaching, have some great music, then that's discipleship. And we've made it all these spiritual things and, and like these secret formulas, but whereas at the heart of it, at the core, it's a really simple term, a simple idea. A disciple is a student, someone who learns from the teacher. Or to put it a slightly different way, a disciple is like an apprentice, someone who follows the teacher to learn uh, to be like him, and do what he does. And that's what being a disciple of Jesus is. Is to sit at Jesus' feet and to learn from him. To remain in him. That's why uh, Jesus says, it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my students, my apprentice, my disciples. And so dwelling with Jesus is about discipling Jesus, following Jesus, learning from him, listening to what he says, but not just listening, doing, obeying what he says. And so if, if you're here and you're struggling, why am I not growing? Why am I not uh, learning from Jesus? The question, you know, the question we should ask ourselves is, well, are we listening to Jesus? Are we growing? Because if we're not learning from Jesus, who are we learning from? Who is discipling us? If Jesus isn't discipling us, something else is. Here's a pop quiz for you, and I want, I want real answers here. Um, how many schools, or let's include postgraduate, how many training institutions have I been to, been part of? So I'll give you a clue. It's more than three. How many schools or universities or colleges have I been part of? And can't say the answer if you're part of the first service. <laughs> Ten. Ten? That's all right. Anyone else? Come on. Just five. Five? 
Six. The answer, the literal answer is nine. The figurative is hundreds. Because I grew up, I grew up in a Christian family, I learned from them. I lived in Canada for a while and lived, you know, learned from that culture, picked up an accent. Uh, the TV I watched as a child, the books I read, the friends I had, the things I read now, the, the TV I watch now, the, the content that I consume is teaching me, is forming me, is growing me into something. And is that something closer to Jesus or further away? Because the reality of the world we live in is that it's, it's uh, drawing us away from Jesus, trying to tell us that we don't need to be connected to the vine. <laughs> Good catch. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to be connected to the vine. We can do it on ourselves or, or you know, you are your own person. You can grow. You, you know, just trust yourself. That's what the world is trying to teach us, that we don't need to grow and follow after Jesus. Um, we saw it in, in Ephesians where it said, the, um, you know, we're tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. In a, earlier in Ephesians in chapter 2, he says, at, you know, talking about Christians, what, where we previously were, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. The ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, referring to Satan, to, to demons and the devil, they're there to draw us away from Jesus, to teach us that we don't need Jesus. And when, when we buy into that, when we listen to that influence, we don't grow. We grow away from Jesus rather than to him. It's true, the saying is, is very true, you are what you eat. What you consume, what you watch, what you allow to be an influence of you, you become. And so, how can we become what God would have us become? How can we become to know Jesus more, love Jesus more, serve Jesus more, to reflect Jesus more? It's by dwelling with him being his disciple, listening to what he says and putting it to practice. So why should we grow? We, belong to, we grow because we belong to the kingdom of God. We grow because we believe in the kingdom of God. We grow so that we can build the kingdom of God and we grow by dwelling with Jesus, by being Jesus' disciple. Now the follow-on question is like, oh, well, that's all good. well and good. How do we dwell? How do we remain in the vine? How do we be a disciple? How do we learn from Jesus? And the answer is with discipline. And this is, this is a, a, an idea that a lot of Christians struggle with, a lot of people struggle. In our, in our consumerist culture where we want things instantly, uh, discipline and applying um, you know, regular practice is really hard. Like This is something I struggle a lot with. And I think part of why I struggle, and I suspect it might be the case for a lot of younger Christians... Um, and I love that, I associate myself with younger Christians, um, is because I buy into the radioactive Bible syndrome. And this is where my spider friend will help me with this analogy. All right? 
the radioactive Bible syndrome. What do I mean by that? Well, if you know the story of Spider-Man, who um, at one point was just a you know, weak, um, kind of boring, uh, uncoordinated, awkward teenage boy student. But then he was bitten by a radioactive spider. And all of a sudden, he became this strong, powerful, coordinated, web-sling, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And I think a lot, of, a lot of us Christians expect that at some point we're going to have that radioactive Bible experience where someone will read some special passage to us and then in a moment we'll just be transformed into a, a faithful, powerful, uh, resilient, friendly neighborhood Christian. And absolutely, God by His Spirit can do that kind of transformation transformation. But the reality of of spiritual growth is that it doesn't come from one mountaintop experience, but day-to-day traveling with Jesus in the valley, walking with him day by day. It takes discipline. It takes uh, effort and practice of continually coming to learn from Jesus, continually being a disciple. And this concept of discipline even though we don't really, we, we can't really, well, we struggle to apply in the spiritual world, it makes total sense in almost every other area of our lives. Like I play, I'm a musician, I play drums, um, and if you play a mu- musical instrument, you'd, you'd know that the way to improve as a musician is to do uh, a lot of those um, basic practice tasks. So for drummers, it's rudiments. Piano, it's scales. Guitar, it's chord progressions and things like that. So as a drummer, I spend hours and hours and hours just doing rudiments. Right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. And it's, it's boring and mundane and repetitive. But it was that discipline of, of practicing and, and, and doing that that helped me grow into a reasonable drummer. If I, if for anyone who plays sport, you know it's much the same there. That you don't, uh, you know, if you're a part of a footy team uh, or a good footy team that's growing and competitive... You don't meet on a Thursday night for a footy training and the coach says, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play on Saturday. All right, see you later. No, you, you stay. You train. You do drills. If, if I were to run a marathon tomorrow, I couldn't just wake up and run a marathon. I'd have to w- train myself and, and have discipline of uh, getting towards that goal. And so initially... The reality is maybe tomorrow I might need to start just by walking, just walking more and more, and I walk so that I can then start jogging. Then I jog so that I can then end up running, and I run so that I can finish the race. Being disciplined, it's about realizing where we are and what we need to do to grow. And we understand this in sport, we understand this. In music, we understand this. Uh, you know, learning in education, and it's the same language that the Bible uses. The same similar language. Ephesians four earlier, he said he gave all these uh, positions in the church so um, so that he would equip his people for the works of service. He would train his people for the works of service. Titus 2 verse 11 talks of the grace of God. The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no. It trains us to say no to ungodliness, to worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. 
John Ortberg, um, a writer I've been reading a lot recently, uh, he said that the problem with the church is that we try too hard to be like Jesus, which sounds confusing. Uh, but it's, it's like what I was saying before. We just try and try to be like Jesus, but we're setting ourselves up to fail because none of us are Jesus. None of us are divine. None of us are, are the very Son of God. But John says, no, no, that we don't need to try to be like Jesus. We need to train to be like Jesus. And just day by day, walking with Him, training ourselves, reading His Word, training to be like Jesus, to know Him more, to love Him more, to serve Him more, to reflect Him more. As being realistic of where we're at and what we can do and doing what we need to do to, to grow in that, to listen to Him more. It's focusing on the next step. So, so you know, it might be for some that, you know, we don't really spend any time reading Jesus' Word or, or listening to Him. And the first step is, hey, once a week, let's open up the Word of God and hear what He has to say. For others, it might be, oh, I have a regular routine every morning where I wake up and I read for a bit and pray. Even there, there is, there's more that we can grow in and develop so that we can continue to grow and listen to Jesus more. And in all these disciplines, there's a whole range of things, but in all these disciplines, um, it's, it's not about the discipline. It's not the means to an end. It's not the discipline or the practice that transform us, that if I read my Bible, I will be transformed. It's you read the Bible so that you can hear from Jesus and Jesus does the transformation. If I pray more, then I will grow. No, you pray more so that you're more connected to God and, and Jesus, and Jesus does that transformation in you. And so, do we do these disciplines, do we do these practices so that we can be more acceptable to God, that if we grow enough, then He'll save us? No, absolutely not. He loves us, not because of of how good we are, but precisely because we weren't good enough. And He loves us and saves us. Do we do it uh, so, that we can, so that we can grow? Well, not exactly. We do it so that we can engage with Jesus. We can sit at our Savior's feet and hear what He has to say. The goal of discipline, the goal of these practices, is to bring us to Jesus. And to remain in Jesus, to dwell with Him, to draw into Jesus, so that Jesus could do that work of transformation in us, so that we can know Him more, love Him more, serve Him more, reflect Him more. And so what, what could um, these disciplines be? Well, one is reading the Bible. We can open up God's Word and, and actually hear the words of Jesus. And of course, uh, you know, 1 Timothy says, or 2 Timothy says, all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God's very words. And so we can listen to what God has to say in the Bible. And that might be five minutes each morning over breakfast, or it could be uh, more. But continue coming to Jesus to meet with our trainer, to, to train with our teacher, and spending time praying. Now, it could be setting aside time during the day to pray or, or choosing to pray. If, you've got, if you have a regular commute and you're driving for half an hour, there's great time to pray. 
be developed growing prayer cards so that you can pray regularly and, and run through things that you know uh, you really want to see happen and transform in, in our world. It could be um, developing a gratitude journal at the end of the night, uh, spending time writing things down that you're thankful for and praying, thanks Jesus for all this. It could be journaling, writing down what God is teaching you so that you can keep referring back to it. One, to see, am I, am I applying what this is saying, but also recognizing the transformation that Jesus is doing in you. It could be prayer walks. It could be studying. It could be time worshiping. But the goal of the, all these is to bring us to Jesus. And so for me, uh, this year, one thing I wanna, I'm trying, tr- sorry, training myself to do um, training in, is uh, I'm, I'm trying to read the whole Bible in a year. And this is a, a challenge I've set for the young adults as well. Um, we're work, working through the whole Bible. So I um, uh, wake up and uh, when I can, I read it with Josh um, in the morning, my son, over breakfast. Uh, it gets a bit tricky at the moment we're in numbers, so it's not really <laughs> great uh, morning conversation material. So, and, and actually, I recognize that. So Actually, at the moment, what I'm doing is I'm listening to it as an, in an audio Bible because um, I just find that, that mean, that's, I, that's something I can engage with more um, in, a, in these more trickier parts of Scripture. And I do this, and when I approach that, what I do is I pray, Jesus, teach me. Jesus, teach me. Then I, then I read it and listen to it, and I think about what does this mean? Like, What's it really saying? And then I do. I, I, I try to put into practice what I've learned. Praying, dwelling, and doing. And so what could we do, what could we do this week? The other, the other reality of all this is that we're not in this alone. We're all in this together. This is something that we can do in community as God's people. We can disciple each other. And just all discipling each other means is drawing each other to the teacher. And we can, we can do that with, with each other. This week, we've got some great opportunities. We've got the prayer week. We can come tomorrow night and all each night this week and pray together. Uh, investing and in, in engaging with God that he would come and work in our world. We've got the Lent Bible reading. And at the back, there's these sheets. We can pick this up, and even just as a starting point, reading these short passages every week leading up to Lent, uh, and hearing what Jesus might be teaching us in this season. And, and it's hard, um, you know, growing, disciplining, becoming committed to things. But one thing I've learned is part of it is just going, I'll just do one more. I'll, I'll do t- today's, and then I'll do tomorrow's. And if I miss a day, that's all right. I'll do the next day. Because I'm not trying to be like Jesus. I'm training to be like Jesus. Training to be like Jesus by sitting at his feet and listening to what he has to say. There's other things, life groups, a great way to be in community, learning together, asking, dwelling, doing together. There's there's other Bible apps and, and heaps of resources, audio Bibles, And you might think, with all these things, how, how could I do that? I'm so undisciplined. I'm so broken. I've tried so many times. I keep on failing. 
or I've, I've, I've listened to the lies of this world and I've been caught so much into that. How can I possibly be brought out of it? And, and to you and to me, I would say, you know what? Jesus loves you. He didn't die on a cross because you were good enough, because you read your Bible enough. He died because you desperately need him, because I desperately need him. And he loves you wherever you are at and whatever you have done. But he loves you enough not to leave you there. Jesus wants to transform you. Jesus wants to change you, to grow you as his disciple. He wants uh, to, to grow you as a child of God. He wants to grow you because he is your king. He wants to grow you that you would be effective on his mission in this world. And so... No matter how many times we've failed or whatever we've done or how broken we might feel, Jesus loves you and he wants you to come to him and learn from him and grow. Uh, all, the point of all these disciplines, I'll say again, is not that you know, we, we tick a box or do the right thing. The point of all these disciplines and practices is that we come to Jesus. And sometimes it feels mundane and, and, and hard and, you know, we're not really hearing any, getting anything back, hearing anything back. But it's the commitment over days and weeks and years as we come to Jesus. We'll be training ourselves to listen to what he says, to doing what he says, to being who he would make us be. So I wonder... What change could you make this year? What could you do this week to discipline yourself, to start that journey or continue and grow that journey listening to Jesus, being a disciple? Let's pray and invite the rest of the band up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for your salvation, for Jesus, that even though none of us are good enough, you love us and you saved us. And God, we thank you that spiritual growth, that becoming who you would have us become is not up to us because we can never do it. We thank you for the transformation that Jesus uh, empowers and enables in us by his Holy Spirit. And God, we just pray that for every one of us here today that you would transform us as we draw into you, as we listen to your word, as we listen to what you have to say, as we engage with you and love you and serve you. You would, you would do the work of transformation in us. That more and more we would love you and know you as our Father in heaven, that we'd serve you and, and reflect you in the world, that we'd be effective on your mission in our workplaces, in our families, in our in our schools, in our, on our streets, in our neighborhoods. And all this, God, we pray for your glory. It's going to be hard. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of work. But God, you have done the great work of saving us. And you do the great work of transforming us. And our work is just to draw into you. And God, we pray that we would find joy in that. We would find peace in that that we find transformation in that. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. 
To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.